Hey, this is Bez Stone. And this is Freya Dietrich. And welcome to the Infinite Relating Podcast. Hello, beloved friends and listeners. Hi, welcome back. Welcome back. We're super happy to be here. It's kind of a chilly day. We've got our tea. We've got our sweaters on. <laughs> yeah, we're shifting. It's weird. Yeah, the seasons are definitely shifting. Yeah, our moods, I feel more mellow. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We thought we would start with a little relationship check-in, because that's how, you know, this whole podcast started by us sharing what we already did which was talk (laughs) semi-obsessively and in great detail about our relationships and usually what happens is we always record at my house this is Bez and Freya comes to me and then we make tea and then in my kitchen we chit chat about our relationships and then I'm like oh we should start recording (laughs) so we decided to do we didn't do much of a relationship check-in today before we started recording. Oh, we didn't, no. Yeah, not not as extensive as normal. As we usually so, do, yeah. Yeah, we could take a, couple, take a couple minutes, maybe just check in about what's alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing that I've been noticing lately is this le- level of tenderness at mm. every, every, every level of sharing. Like, the, the triggers, like, I've been triggered the last couple of weeks, and, like, diving into my dissociative trauma response yeah. and the tenderness that came up with that. But it was like tenderness and this awareness of like, oh shit, I have no idea what to do here. Like, mm. I don't know. This is just, it sucks. It's uncomfortable and I don't know what to do, but I trust our love for each other. I trust our intention to care for each other. And yeah. that ultimately, you know, is what got us through. And, yeah. and then we're, there's more trust um, and a deepening intimacy afterwards and, but I felt so, like, raw and tender mm-hmm. and exposed in that space of multiple days of going, like, I'm not actually ready to process. I just need to be in this. Yeah. And then, and then this last week, like, coming through that and just, like, feeling so high on, like, gratitude and mm-hmm. awe for this human yeah. and for the way we're relating and for this relationship. And I was, like, gushing over breakfast one morning and telling him how much I love him and how, so, like, how, how just like surprised I am at what I get to have and how like if I had tried to design this if I had tried to direct this I it wouldn't have been this good because I would have been I would have made it smaller based on all of my my past my past yeah (sighs) conditioning but it's it's so fucking expansive but then so sharing this with him and it just felt so good and like so, so heart opening and then and then I went to work and I was like oh I'm so tender now. Like I feel so exposed. So it's interesting to see like the tenderness of the challenge and just that that same intensity of tenderness in like the sweetness and the sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so true. And I feel like we talk a lot about how just like you're saying, there's a vulnerability when things are hard, and then there's a vulnerability when things are good. Yeah. It's <laughs> and absolutely those be, yeah. And it's the upper limit. I think we're all reading is that the new what is the Yeah, the, the book's called The Big Leap by one of my core teachers Gay Hendricks it's an amazing book and it yeah. is about yeah why we have trouble as humans when things are going really well yeah, yeah. The, the idea like do I actually I get to have this I, right. that's what I keep saying to myself like oh my god I get to have this right I deserve it I deserve this yeah. I am yeah yeah um and noticing there's almost like a notion of guilt mm-hmm. for having something so good yeah yeah so just like being aware of those and like watching them come up and and I get to have this, and it feels yeah. really good. So I'm I'm in a really just 
really sweet spot of trying to be more compassionate with my tenderness yeah. and to all the all the parts of me that speak up as I kind of navigate this, yeah. like the anxious part and, and noticing like not identifying, like I don't think I'm an anxious attacher. I think mm. I have a piece in me that has some anxiousness and she right. sometimes needs me to manage her. And I have a piece in me that is, can be really bold and fiery. Like I have all these parts. And so just trying to like, instead of freaking out and identifying with any one of those voices, just um, having compassion, like, oh, these are all parts of me. They all are trying to keep me safe. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so I think that that has been. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I want to just highlight really quick, too, because I think this is something I was thinking of when you were talking and that I believe in so much is that you guys had rupture, you got triggered, you had some, yeah. you know, days, hours to days of, days, of discomfort. Yeah. yeah. And then you repaired. And there's some way that I grew up, and I think this is part of my just poor <laughs> relationship training, but also the way because of the Disney movies and the happy, happy ever after and all this stuff that I never really understood the the repair process was yeah. like such an integral part of a relationship. And that repair is actually what builds that trust as opposed to avoiding rupture. Yeah. And maybe we've talked about this a little bit in the podcast in the past that like my strategy previously was like, hold off that first fight for as long as yeah. possible. Right. Because once the first fight happens, like the relationship's over or like some great, we've fallen from grace or like something yeah. like that. And I love just getting to witness you to, yeah, go through that process and to really get, like, no, we, we repair, and then we get even deeper through the yeah. repair process. Yeah, because I was really, I grew up the same, like, you, what would, what, what I would have done in my, like, previous life is just, we would have felt the rupture, we would have waited till, like, the intensity calmed down, and then we would pretend that nothing happened and yeah. go back, and I remember being oh. triggered and being in that, I'm like, how do I make this go away as soon as possible? How right. do I pe- appease the situation and just make it go away? Right. But then, but then there's that, that's like, that's always part of you. It's like nagging at you that like lack of safety and trust totally. yeah. where this was like to realize that I, I get to like have this discomfort. I, it's okay for me to say, I don't even know what I need. I don't like, I don't have to identify in the moment. And then when I'm ready, when I've really felt it all the way through without trying to like fix it or take care of it to be able to have needs and to be able to ask for what I want. And it felt a little, it felt a little scary because one of the things I needed was for him to not process his part with me. Yeah. And that felt, it felt like a little bit like betrayal. Mm -hmm. Like I can't be here for you in this thing and I need you to resource it with someone else because I was having such a hard, you know, hard, um, reaction and and then to say I can't process it with you but when you're done processing it I need you to come back and hold space for me yeah (laughs) and that but it 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 worked he was a yes yeah yeah yeah. god yeah asking for what we need Mm -hmm. awesome yeah thank you yeah and how about you Bev yeah yeah it's we were saying just briefly earlier before we started recording that it's funny that after we did the labels episode, <laughs> Max and I had a big drop and we celebrated six months together, which was really exciting. And in that, through doing that, we be- we stopped being partners. We had a big conversation. I brought up um, my fears around just how partner being partners didn't feel resonant for me anymore. Um, it felt, yeah, it felt, it just didn't feel right. Um, it felt too too much oriented toward the future. Mm. And what I really got through looking at that 
Relationship Anarchy Smorgasbord, which we put on our website and we talked about in one of our episodes that has like 20 options for how you can relate with people, yeah. like financially, sexually, you know, in a power dynamic way, in a, in a nesting, like cohabitation way, as, in a childbearing way, whatever. And one of the labels they had on there was companionship. And I was like, oh my God, that's what we are. Like, we're not like partnership is really about like a shared value, you know, shared future, not a shared value system, but a shared future, like outlook of like, we have the same life goals. Like we're aiming for the same place. We have, we want to grow old together, you know? Mm. And like, if I grow old with him, I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah. But like, it's going to be sort of happenstance, <laughs> I think. Like, it doesn't feel like that's the goal. It's not the goal. That's not the goal at all. Um, so, but companionship is about right now and like enjoying life together and sharing experiences together. And I was like, that's what we're doing. And, and it was such a beautiful conversation. I'm so grateful to have created a partnership, a companionship. <laughs> where we can talk about these things openly and I feel yeah. so safe revealing myself and he's so receptive. So yeah. So, so we did that. So then we decided to be beloveds, um, which felt just like so right. And instantly I felt all of my parts that were like housewifey and managerial, you know, mm -hmm. trying to like manage the relationship. And that felt sort of oppressed even under this partnership weight just totally lift and I was like oh my god I can love yeah. you again and <laughs> I can just let my heart gush and I can feel my desire again and I can feel myself again in this way and now yeah ironically I might be ready to go back to being partners we keep introducing each other we've we've called each other our partner like 20 times since we had this conversation <laughs> with strangers because we're like eh, you know we don't it's, know what to say right but um but yeah I feel like somehow I'm also stripping the partnership label of some of its weight mm. you know some of the unhealthy baggage that comes with that label like oh well now we're partners so therefore I owe you something you know everything we talk about right. here so I might get more comfortable with it again but for now we're beloveds which is really sweet yeah it does feel really good and I feel like our relationship has been not the highlight of my week this week which has been cool like he's got a bunch of stuff going on in his personal life and business life and um we're prepping to go on vacation together next week and it's just yeah, it hasn't been at the forefront. And I feel really grateful that I'm in a state, relaxed enough state where I cannot be panicking about that. Yeah. And I do want to talk about that in relation to our topic today. Yes. Which I'm very excited about, which is desire. Desire. Oh, wait, I want to say one desire. more thing before I move into the yummy okay. desire. Because I really love how you acknowledge that, like, if we if we are together for a long time, if we do, you know, if you do grow old together, that would be amazing. Yeah. But you're in this space of, like, what is here right now is the most important. Yes. Like, what does it feel like to be here? Totally. And I feel like that's what gets, that's what we trade when we step into these long-term partnerships. We're like, this is the one. This feels so amazing. I'll be with you forever. And so we, we get into this place where we, like, sacrifice or trade what it feels like to be here now because we're looking yeah, at that future. Totally. And I love this, like, flip of, like, no, what's most important is what it feels like to be right here right now. Yeah. And maybe that'll get us on that. Right. But may, but but Maybe I'm not I'm not gonna trade I'm not gonna trade for that yeah. guarantee. Oh, absolutely. Because we're that all, guarantee doesn't exist. Anywhere. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, we're, we're all taught like, oh, you've been together ten years, you've been together twenty years, you've been together thirty years. Like that is the marker of success. And like, if your relationship ends after five, it's failed. I'm like, no, it didn't fail. It was amazing, probably for four years. Right. 
And, totally. and then it was time to transition, and you yeah. held on probably a little bit too long, as, right. we, as we do. But Hey, you're talking about my past relationship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was the one I just had right. for five years. Right? You're like, maybe it's years. always one year too long. One year, yeah. But, yeah, so I love that just, like, that owning that. Like, yes, like, I'm not saying we won't be together. I'm just saying that is not the, the driving force. Right. That's not the point of why we're together. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe the point we're together is for... Shared desire. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Let's go there. Yeah, segue. Yeah, yeah. God, desire is like such a huge. It's so meaty and multi-dimensional and so essential and so misunderstood to me and mm. something that I'm exploring. I've been exploring really deeply for I mean, like the past ten years of my life when I really started exploring sexuality more intensively and undoing a lot of my sexual programming as a woman and just as a person, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Whew. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's in huge. one way, I feel like desire is the most fundamental, like, arrow compass that we have inside of us. Yes, like, that's a great way. I love yeah. yeah, it's strange that um, it can get a really bad reputation. And I think, okay, I think before we go any further, it's worth talking about, like in a lot of spirituality circles, which I feel like probably, you know, we are and a lot of our listeners probably are, desire definitely has a reputation of being like, you know, in the Buddhist philosophy, like the thing you want to not feel. Mm, it's a cause and what, of suffering. Yeah. yeah, it's a cause of suffering. And I really, really don't agree with that. And I think that what they're talking about is attachment, not desire. Right. So I think it's completely different to have a to have an authentic desire for something, which is an upwelling of interest. It's an upwelling of excitement and turn on or passion or fear even you know it can feel like a lot of different things yeah but it's not something that I can control and we'll talk about that more I'm sure it is a like an impulse you know towards something or against or away from something like it's some one of our most basic fundamental processes that we go through as a human is like I like this I don't like this yeah, I'm gonna how move towards move, this how life moves forward warmth of the fire I'm gonna get away from the cold whatever it is you know like these are just really basic functions um, but the, the, the attachment to my desire and especially in relationships and sexuality is when it gets, it's when it gets difficult because wanting something doesn't mean you're going to get it right. <laughs> necessarily. Right. And staying attached to it isn't, doesn't help. Um, usually, I mean, of course there are times to really persevere and be like, no, I'm going to keep, keep going after what I want, which you actually demonstrated really well <laughs> in your relationship yes, with Lee, where I you did. kept, I mean, you've talked about this, like yeah, you literally yeah. just kept on being with your desire without worrying about what he wanted or but without you didn't override him you didn't no. you know you weren't like pulling on him or begging him or doing no. anything like that you were just like well you feel one way I my like uncontrollable desire which is an upwelling of emotion and information inside of me that's telling me you know what feels good and what doesn't where to orient and where not to it's yeah. still oriented towards you, and like I'm just gonna keep going until that stops. Yeah, you know? and there, I was, I think it was, there was, I just had to do so many check ins with myself. I'm like, because, like, am I causing suffering? Mm-hmm. Am I like longing for something? I think that's it. It's like the longing for where it starts to like yeah. tip over. But it was more just like, oh no, my body feels really good when I'm near him. My system feels really good after I've been with him. I love the way my brain works, and it was like, so this desire, it, it was something that was like feeding me and like like fueling my turn on in life as opposed to causing suffering because I was like mm. longing for something that I wasn't getting and I was like and I, I just I remember having to check in over and over and I'm like is is this 
is this causing me, is this causing me like pain? Yeah. Or is it still, it's still enlivening me? And it, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And so I just kept saying yes. And fucking ballsy. Yeah. Say. Thank you. I know. I feel like I'm like, oh, I took a lot of risks. I put myself out there a lot. Yeah. And I remember having like a sensation at one point where I thought, um, I don't feel his desire. And if mm-hmm. I, and if, if I don't, then I don't want this. There's mm-hmm. nothing like, you know, I don't want any like, Hey, well, let's try. I was like, I yeah. want, I want to be met in that desire Yeah. or nothing at all. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. yeah, I think that's like one of the notions that has been, I feel like people misunderstand of like, I want to feel your selfish, mm. like completely selfish desire to meet me here. I want, I want that selfishness. Like that feels really good. I don't want you to do it because you're taking care of me or you're trying to appease me or you think it's the right thing to do. Totally. I don't want to like, I, that feels shitty. It, it feels, feels so shitty. shitty in our bodies. I want to feel like, like that pull and that, yeah, yeah, that excitement and like, Ooh, like we don't, we, we maybe, we don't, we're not even controlling this because it is arising from something that we don't have control mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I feel like that's, I mean, I feel like I often steer conversations towards sex, but this is like a really perfect example. You know, I think this is like the prime example of desire that really educated me on the importance of knowing what I want and moving from that place in relationship is the experience of being touched sexually by someone that doesn't really want to, Yeah. especially oral sex or, you know, genital stimulation in general. Like if someone's just kind of doing the job and like getting it done and like it's a little bit of a chore, I'd kind of rather be sleeping, but I feel like I should make you come so that I'm a good partner. Yeah. That's just like, there's, there's nothing. It's like, there's nothing there. The magic is gone. The energy is gone. It's like, you know, it's like rubbing a steak or something. It's just like... It's like I think of like the ba- the sad birthday um, hand job. Yeah, it's like, totally. You know, like, right. It's just like, oh, you know, my heart's not in it. Um, and we can tell. You know, we can tell when our partner is like... And, and I love that of when they're, you know, full of desire. And I love um, pleasuring my partner and, and partners from the past and really... Being like, you could be a, you could fall asleep. I'm like, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm having such a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my God. And I'm having such a good time. And then the moment I'm no longer having a good time, I'm going to stop. Yeah. And that was like a life changing practice for me in terms of, especially giving oral sex, um, you know, the blowjobs for my pleasure. Like just really like, I'm going to use your body to pleasure myself. Yes. And then when I'm, when I want to change something, I will. And we're not, we're not pinned to any goal in terms of like orgasm, climax, like penetration, you know, nothing like that. And how often, and this is when I feel like sexuality and infinite relating are very, have the same principles, which is like that all applies to relationship too. Like we're not going to override, override desire and stay kind of zombie like on autopilot in the relationship when when I'm wanting something I'm not saying or when I'm getting what I said I wanted, but what I wanted has changed. And I think that's why I'm so picky and particular about like telling Max, like partnership doesn't feel like the right label for me anymore mm. because it's just like going too long in that blowjob, you know, right. you're like now I'm just kind of resenting you and I'm bored. And it was amazing five minutes ago or two yeah. minutes ago. And now all of a sudden something's different and it's, exactly. yeah. And not wanting to, no, not wanting to rock the boat or speak up or be yeah. hurt or hurt the other person. Totally. But yeah, and I was to be on the receiving end of like the receipt to receive oral sex from that perspective too. Like, 
like oh he like he's just there it's for himself totally different. oh my god yeah. like mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah. it's um, transformative totally. <laughs> yeah and I'm thinking it really is and I'm thinking from like a geeky infinite relating perspective which I love to take that when we're since we're eliminating obligation and expectation mm-hmm. and we're eliminating the norms that normally dictate where we go the thing that's left is desire. You know, it's like, how do I orient myself in my relationship if I'm not acting on old stories, if I'm not feeling up, if I'm not doing it because, well, now we're we're together, we're partners, we're married, whatever, so I owe you, you know, this certain type of treatment or we have to live together or we have to, you know, if we're dating, we have to see each other three days a week or we have to have sex, you know, regularly, otherwise there's something wrong with us. Yeah, or even we have to go to our, like, our shared functions together. Totally. Like I think of so many things where yeah. we're just like, yeah, all these rules and expectations and obligations. And so if we're not dictate, if our, if our actions aren't dictated by that, then what do, how do we know what to do? You know, like literally right. it's like, okay, the field is totally open. <laughs> I don't owe you anything. There's no rules here. We aren't obligated to each other. We have to then, and we get the beautiful opportunity to yes. have desire be the orienting principle instead and really get down to like, what do I actually want? Yeah, I think, and it takes, it's like a practice of recalibration. I know yeah. for me, it was like the first time a man asked me what I wanted in this like world, especially, and I was like, I, it felt like such an aggressive question. Mm. I'm like, I don't know what I, that's not <laughs> what I'm, that's not what I'm supposed to tune to. I'm supposed to tune to what do you want do you and want? I'll try to be the thing. <laughs> I'm like, to ask what I oh, want, I'm like, so fuck, I don't, too. yeah, yeah, so allowing yourself without judgment, without story to really connect to that sensation of, Oh my God, what do I want? And that can be really scary at first to share. Oh, totally. Because there's so, because what if I tell you what I want and you tell me I'm weird or you laugh Mm -hmm. at me or, you know, it's like, whatever, like there's so many stories. Yeah. And now I just expose myself to, some, yeah. Right. To judgment. To judgment. Or to someone saying no, to someone not wanting Rejection. what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happens when you, you ask for what you want and you get it? Mm. Like, holy shit. Yeah. I can get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like, is amazing. How much did I block myself before because I wasn't even asking for what I want? Like, I was hoping that somebody else would figure it out. I don't even know what I want and need, so I hope you're going to figure it out yeah. for me. Right. Ugh. Totally. To put on a person too. Oh my God. Yeah. And I do think the vulnerability, like you're saying, is the thing, you know, and I feel, I feel a little bit vulnerable in this episode actually, because I feel compared to how I have been in my life, Mm -hmm. I feel actually sort of under, more disconnected from my desire than I want to be. So I feel inspired to be doing this episode because it really is something that I believe in, in terms of what brings me satisfaction and creativity and innovation mm-hmm. and risk-taking, which are yeah. all really core values of mine. What brings me pleasure? And, you know, on the one hand, it's really scary. Like you're saying, it's terrifying. I mean, it's humiliating, terrifying, horrible, <laughs> like devastating to, right. to, to want anything. Because if I want anything I don't have, that means I need someone. That means I need mm. something. And that is, you know, for many of us, just an absolutely horrifying situation to be in like you know it's like oh my god I can't fulfill this desire on my own um I want I need another I need one to many humans you know involved in this desire with me in order for me to get what I want yeah um so even just you know owning that admitting that to myself 
it can be easier to just, yeah, be happy with what I'm being given and, you know, go with the status quo or just not, you know, not even think about what I want because then I don't have to feel longing. Like you're saying, I don't have to feel dissatisfaction. Right. And what I feel like, so I just, I just am tuning in with that in my own life right now. Um, You know, just feeling curious about ways that I could, could go out, like allow myself to, to admit things that I want Mm. um, and express them more to people who they might, who might be involved with those. Um, Do you have an awareness of what you feel is blocking you from your desire being more in tune with that right now? Yeah. I mean, I think it's fear. You know, I think it's always fear. Right. I don't, for me, I think reasons why I don't express desires in the past, I don't know. I don't, I feel like my life is relatively aligned to, it's like 90% aligned towards my desire. So Mm -hmm. it's not a big shakeup in the past. Like when I've been in bad relationships or jobs that really don't work, which I have less experience in, but try to (laughs) pretend to be a normal person that's had real jobs. Great. (laughs) I know that's a thing that people experience. (laughs) I hear. Yeah, I hear. People have real jobs. Um, I've always made patchworked my own way here, but definitely in relationships, you know, there can be that feeling of like, I cannot admit what I want because to do that would absolutely destabilize my life. Right. Like if I admit that I don't want to be with my, you know, co- with my husband co-parent, for example, anymore. I mean, that was one of the hardest yeah. desires that I ever confronted. Cause I was like, this is going to wreck my life. Like, right. This is going to absolutely destroy, you know, this white picket fence, marriage, ideal, you know, nuclear family, like everything that I thought I should, that I wanted, that I thought I wanted and that I did want at one point. Right. Um, I think that's the thing is like acknowledging that it's not betrayal to say I don't want this anymore. Like I did want it at some point. Yeah. And now, now I want something new. God, there, yeah, there's so many ways we could judge that to block ourselves. And then, like, to, to live with that, to feel that, like, knowing yeah. that we that this isn't okay anymore, this isn't right, this isn't aligned, I, des- I need something else, and how hard that is in our system. And even though we turn our lives completely upside down to get more in line with what our desire is, even in the chaos of that of that turmoil, that changeover, God, it feels, our system still feels so much better. Yeah. And everybody around us benefits because of the because we're reconnected with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean I. Um, yeah, I have so much reverence for that whole process because I just I've done it so many times, you know, where I've really made major moves in my life, changed relationships, you know, moved houses, changed careers, like had right. all these, you know, a lot of big upheaval type of things based on what felt resonant for me. And I do think there's like a, there's a fear that comes with really, and these, you know, we're kind of talking about like big desires right now, as opposed to like smaller ones, but right. um, you know, there's definitely that fear that comes up with like, Oh my God, I, I want this. And I think that's the first point of reverence for me is now <laughs> sometimes when I realize I want something, I'm like, fuck. Because I can't change it. It's like, right. you can't unknow that. Once you know, you can't unknow. And you're like, oh, God, now I know I don't want that or I do. Or, oh, my God, it's horrible. Right. It's just like, fuck. Like, now I know what I want. And, like, I might not choose to act on it. But now I know I'm 
overriding myself and right. I, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I don't like this job anymore or whatever it oh is. And it's gosh. like, oh, I, I, now I know, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, and I want to say there's a total validity to being like, I don't want this anymore, but I'm going to do it anyway. And, and I, that's fine. You know, and a right. lot of people do that, especially in relationships with children. And that's a perfectly valid choice right. to be like, you know, I know my desire is pointing me elsewhere, but I'm not going to follow it in this instance because I don't want to, you know, the pros outweigh the cons or whatever. Um, Yeah. Same with careers, relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's no wrong choice here. There's no right choice. There's no, but there, yeah. And for me, there's just like that calculus of like misery versus risk. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking too, like I recently switched kind of career paths and it was like, it was like, okay, I'm aware of this. Like, this doesn't work anymore, but I, it, it supports my family, so I need to. Right. But if, if for me, anyways, like, those big desires, it was like, okay, I can continue to do this for a limited time, and then it just got so loud in my system. Yeah. I just remember, like, oh. being, because I'm a nurse, I remember being in the hospital and just, like, fighting back tears because I was like, totally. I cannot do this anymore. And then yeah. it was like, okay, I put in the extra whatever, I made, like, the risk benefits, and it's like, at some point, I just, like, yeah. I have to turn my life upside down and do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at the end of my marriage, this was 10, 12 years ago, you know, it's a long time ago now, but, um, I gave myself a heart condition. I don't know if I've ever told you this actually. Yeah. I, it was very strange. Like the last six months to a year, the magical last year that you stayed too long. (laughs) Um, yeah, I had, I developed this heart condition where I had my heart and I was 29 or 31 or something. And my heart was beating irregularly. Wow. Like it was skipping beats and I could feel it like flutter in my chest in this weird kind of way that like inhibited my breathing a little bit and I could feel it in my neck and I would feel it and it was this erratic heartbeat. Right. And they went and they sent me to get an EKG and it showed up and it was like, okay, you have this, you know, there's like extra beats happening every time my heartbeat. And the doctor looked at me and was like, literally, I didn't tell her anything about my personal life. And she was like, is there anything going on in your marriage? Wow. And I was like, nope. (laughs) Everything's fine. Wow. She's like, is there anything you haven't told me? Nope. And at the time, I mean, there was a lot going on. That's amazing that that she went there. Yeah. And I was like, no, there's nothing going on. And then a year later, I went back and I told her, you know, all all of the oh, things that had gosh. been going on that were really unacceptable or that I had been doing. Um, and it, so it went away, like literally the minute that I, you know, decided to leave and then left, and which was a har- an absolutely harrowing process. But yeah. it totally resolved itself. It's never wow. come back. Isn't that Our bodies are so yeah. smart. So, I mean, I feel like there is a real or can be a real physical and absolutely emotional cost to like you know the animal being inside like knows what fe- it's like standing next to the fire for too long like the animal body is like get away right you right know, or being in the cold too long and like, I, I think fire. for me the obstacle is like the story of like I should be I should be doing this I'm the judgment story of like I stayed yes. in the hospital longer because I'm like I should be doing this this is the way I take care of my family and I'm like, like I should stay in this marriage because this is the way I take care of my family totally like, so it's like stop shooting ourselves and, yeah, yeah. And stop and like and, like, to finally stop that judgment or stop listening to it and letting it control, it's like, I don't, we don't control this. Like yeah. I said, that's the essential part. We don't control this. And this is, this is our, I think, I feel like this is our connection to our divine, our higher self. Like, yeah. this is our higher self speaking to us. Yes. You oh, know? my God, 100%. We can listen. I know, or... and I wish we lived in a culture, and maybe, the, you know, we're working on 
creating that and I create that in my own life, you know, my little microcosm of my home and with my friends where there's like a, of course, like, of course you listen to your desire. Like yeah. what else could possibly bring you happiness right? and following what you want? Yeah. Like what else? Like that is just like the most duh obvious equation in the world. Like, and we celebrate people who listen to their desire when they've reached success. Right. You know, as a culture, we're like, oh yeah, look, they, they took the like road less traveled and they did something right. really rogue and they did really crazy and look at how successful they are. But we have a lot harder time encouraging them when they're stumbling in the beginning or, yeah. you know, and so to get to the point where we can be at the beginning and be like, yeah, like, listen, yeah, listen. And even I would say like, as like China interrelating, like when your partner shares a desire mm. that could feel really destabilizing or dangerous to the what your your um, relationship status is your interaction like to be able to feel into like oh my god i love this person and i feel their authentic desire i want to support them in this yeah. like that can be really yeah really challenging too but also oh, totally. like to feel that aliveness like I just think of, like, how much more I'm feeling, like you said, like, our microcosm. Mm -hmm. Like, we're getting better at speaking up to what we want and need. And I can, you can feel, like, the tentativeness of, like, when someone shares something like this. And then, but to feel like, fuck yeah, like, yeah. follow that. Yeah. Like, you can feel that, like, fire inside them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to talk about, too. So I feel like, yeah, we've talked about some of this big, like, can be very destabilizing desires. Like, I want to make some big changes. And I, and I just want to say, before we shift away from there because I do feel like it applies to all levels of desire for me is that sometimes like you said you a lover or person asked you a man asked you what do you want and you were like I have no fucking idea like <laughs> yeah and then when I worked with couples in sex in my sex coaching that would happen all the time especially the woman was like I haven't used that pipe in a really long time like there's no water coming through that pipe it's totally empty and like I don't know where the pump is like I don't know how to tell I have no idea how to know what I want. Like I've never, I mean, our whole culture, especially around women or non-men at least has been trained towards like, and, and this happens for men too. So not yeah. to be gendered about it, but especially I think it's more extreme for us that like you should like not like n not knowing what you want is like a virtue. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you're a good partner if you're not, you know, wanton and having all these desires. And, you know, I know in my family of origin my upbringing it was like whenever my mom in particular wanted something from my dad had a need he would just roll his eyes and he was like oh my god here we go again wow, like right she wants more she needs more like as if that's like the worst thing you know right. a woman could do is to want more <laughs> and not just take care of everybody else yeah should she just want to take care of everyone totally enough? yep so yeah I feel like I just have so much reverence again another reverence point for like that it's really, yeah, we're, we're untrained, we're trained in the opposite direction mm -hmm. to be like, go with the norm, go with the status quo. Yeah. What does your partner want? That's what makes you a good partner is if you give them what they want. Um, knowing what you want is selfish, going after your own desire is selfish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so often the way it presents is we'll know what we don't want. Yes. And that's a really good place to start actually. Like right. that's excellent to be like, okay, this isn't working for me. I don't like this. It's like awesome, you know. Right. Then we can dig into like what's what value of yours is being violated. Like what, Ooh. you know, what's what's it point? What's the like underneath the complaint? Like what you know? Keep digging to right. like what you actually do want. Yeah. And I feel like that applies to um, to every level of desire, from like these big meaty, like oh my god, I want to change my life and move to Tahiti or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and whatever, leave my life behind, to. Um, you know, to the small thing of like, I want you to touch me in this certain way or, 
I want right. the night off. I want a night to myself or Ooh. I want more sex or like whatever it is. Right. You know? Right. Um, I want help with my children in this certain way, whatever it is. Oof. So yeah, I feel like going into what I don't want can be, you know, a good, a good key to that. I think that's a really good point. I think that's where I started. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't have access yeah. to what I want. And so it was like, okay, no, I don't want this. And you can just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Help you move towards. And I think the other, another really important thing, which I forget how, but you touched on it, jogged my memory or thoughts on this line of thinking is that often I feel like we're afraid to tell, say what we want to, because we think then we have to do it. Yes. And those are actually two totally different things. Yes. Like wanting something and even expressing it is totally different than doing it. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if our partner, that's what it was. You were saying, you know, it can be scary when our partner expresses a desire and I think in relation, in intimate relationship, especially when it comes to sex or anything like that, or, or really anything, because a partner right. could say, I want to move to New York City, or I want to quit my job, or whatever, something that would be scary, to recognize that, like, that does not mean they're saying, I'm, I have, I'm planning to do this. Right. So deal with it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Ideally. You know, ideally, that's not what they're saying. Um, they could, but that's not been my experience, is more often than not. I feel like des- like desire can be like a little point along the map, but it's not the destination. Yeah, you know? it's yes, the process. I love that. And so I might be able to share the raw truth of like, I want another lover, or yeah, I want to move to New York City, or I want um, this certain type of help, or I want to run an event, which is something I'm working on right mm-hmm. now. Like I want to start a new event in town that is really aligned with me. And the whole time I've been exploring that, it's like. I might not end up doing it, but I know I want to. Right. And but I'm not. But I know I'm just following the breadcrumb trail of like, okay, this is my, this is the current desire I know. So if a partner were to come, my partner were to come to me and say something edgy, um, yeah, I want, an, I want another lover, or I want to try this, this kink, sexual thing, whatever right. it is that I'm like, ooh, <laughs> um, yeah, to really like receive that as like such a, it's such a pure offering, mm. you know, when someone's brave enough. Yeah, to reveal to themselves seen. like that. Yeah. Oh my God. And I feel like what one of the prime ways we shut each other, each other down is through this concept that like, well, yeah, you're basically saying you're going to go do that now and I feel violated and that's or not okay. I feel scared and, and defensive. Yeah, yeah, defensive, exactly. And instead of holding like a beautiful gift and being like, wow, thank you so much for telling me. And the practicalities can come right. later. And know? I even love how like, that desire of like whatever that big thing is, it might that might not be ultimately what you end up wanting and needing. You might it might just like move you in that direction, and right. that's what you needed, and that's what the desire was was that move in that direction, not necessarily that end piece. Exactly. And and being able to share it, and have it be held with safety and non judgment. Yeah. Like fuck that that might be it. That might be all exactly. you do. I might need to just share this desire. And be witnessed in it and loved in it and like cheered and then and then that's it. Like then the yeah. desire like falls away. Like yeah. you know, like that Absolutely. No, that is so real. I remember when I was first studying exploring my sexuality, this was ten years ago, after the heart condition <laughs> and the divorce. <laughs> and I was on my own and I was like, Wow, I'm really fucked up around sex and I wanna change that. I remember going to workshops and, you know, I got a sex coaching certificate and all these things. 
and really having a t- abject terror around my sexual desire. Wow. Because I've been told my whole life I'm like you know big personality and then kind of le- kind of lusty <laughs> that I'm you know too much. And you talk about this too, the too much story, and right. I want too much. And yeah, the dad is rolling his eyes, being like, "Oh, your mother is just nagging me all the time." So all these things of like. I want too much. I've always had a big sex drive, all these things. And so I remember being in a workshop or a module of my coaching training one day and just crying. You know, there was like a hundred people in the room, but I'm like standing up and expressing myself. And I was like, I cannot let my sexual desire out. Like I can't, like I will like fuck my entire town. I'll become, you know, a monster I'll be, like, fat, you know, riddled with drugs, like, dead in a ditch. Like, I'll abandon my children. Like, I was like, I can't let this out. Like, it's so big. It's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. It's so scary. Like, it's not safe. Like, all the reasons, you know, that I learned not to do that. And I remember my teacher was like, oh, if Santa Cruz could only be so lucky. (laughs) He's like, for you to become this, like, fuckzilla. I think that's what he called me. Oh, my God, I love that. He's like, that's probably not going to happen, though. And I was like, I was crying. I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I am so, like, intense and perverted. And, like, you know, I'm just going to become so reckless. And then I finally, you know, worked up my um, confidence or what's the word? Um, Bravery. And I did. I was like, okay, I'm going to let this out and I'm going to see what happens. And I didn't have sex for a year after. Wow. A whole year. Yeah, because what I found was... I finally just, like, let the pipe open, and I was like, okay, desire, like, let's see what you actually want. Mm. Like, what do I actually want? And what I found was that I had no idea how to have sex in a way that actually served me, ever. I was been performative. It was all for him. It was very, yeah. like, does it look good, smell good? <laughs> and I was like, I can't. I'm never, I'm never touching anyone again until I know how to know what I want in wow. the moment, until I know how to enjoy this experience for me not for him but for me right so I didn't have sex for a whole year so it's like the biggest irony that you know when I actually tuned in with what I wanted it was nothing like what I had feared I wanted right at all like like the resistance that created that created this monster mm -hmm. idea of the the desire totally yeah yeah and I feel like that's so powerful and such a good reminder for me because right just it's like the fear of what I might want can be so crippling and if we actually like sit by the fire of desire and be like what do you actually want right it can be really different and I think that's why I love infinite relating too is that it's so dialed in for me I dial myself in so much towards what do I actually want in this moment not what I should want yes and even in just this last week I was telling you where Max and I have had less we haven't had sex in a week which is very rare for us yeah. Um, because the two nights we spent together, we didn't, for some reason, I can't remember exactly why, but it just didn't happen. It was late and blah, blah, blah. Other things were going on. It's really sweet. A week is not a long time. I know, but for <laughs> us it is, you know. Yeah, I get that, but I love time. that, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a shift. Yeah. <laughs> it's new. <laughs> totally. And, yeah, and it just hasn't been top of mind. Like, our relationship hasn't been top of mind for either of us. Right. And I have had some fear about that, but my fear hasn't been oh, I'm not okay with this. You know, my fear hasn't been like, I'm uncomfortable. You know, I'm worried about our relationship. I'm, I want more contact with him. It wasn't that. Mm-hmm. It was like, I should, this is so embarrassing, but it's true. I should be the kind of woman that demands more of my partner than wow. this. You know, like, I, I should be, um, it's so subtle, but it was like, 
I should be putting up a fuss about this so he knows that he can't do this all the time. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. I have to, like, and that's back to, like, I have to train him properly. Right. I have to, like, let him know my boundaries. Especially because be. you're this, like, new, powerful, sovereign me. Maybe not totally. new, but powerful, sovereign woman. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm empowered and, like... Yeah. So it was so interesting to watch these stories crop up of, like, oh, I should let him know that, like... It's cool this week because you've got things going on, but, like, I won't tolerate this type of treatment normally. Oh, my gosh. And then I was like, I don't even want to see him right now. Wow. <laughs> like, when I tune up my desire, I was like, this actually feels great. Like, right. You know, and, and, and part of what you're saying is in the co-arising of desire, like, he's totally focused on something else this week. He's got this big exam and other things going right. on in his um, business that I was like, it would just feel so, it, it's, it's, yeah. I don't, I didn't. Given the whole picture, I was like, I don't actually want to pull on your attention or right. Yeah, you want to have give some ultimatum just to prove that I'm an empowered Ooh, woman. You know, it was right. really it was wild to watch that program in my head of like, I shouldn't be okay with this. You know, right. um, yeah, I should I should demand more because that's like you know and, what I'm and in, yeah, and in such a way that it was even obscuring what was actually true for you. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's so interesting. It wasn't about what was going on with him. It was like this is obscuring yeah. what's true for me. Yeah. And then to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I do that over and over, which I've talked about. It's like, what do I actually want right now? Do I want to text him right now? Or do I or do I just think I should? Yeah. Do I think I should want to? Do I think it's been it's been twenty four hours, it's been two hours, whatever the two weeks, whatever. Oh my gosh. I do that often. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the the connection, like the texting or the connection when we're not together is I I will have to check that story because I'm like, oh, it's this compulsion of like, oh no, I don't actually, I don't actually need to reach out right now. I'm just running the story like, oh, in order for us to stay close, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. But I'm like, actually, it seems like we're both okay. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) We're both okay. And I know the next time I see him, it's going to be amazing and we're going to feel each other's love and desire. But yeah. Right. The story of like, yeah, this is, it's like the training of how we yeah. keep our relationships alive or stable or, yeah. yeah. And I think it's what also gives me faith. And, you know, we talk, we, we do talk, you and me, about how like sometimes on the podcast we can sound really like with it. Like these things can sound so easy. Like we know what we're talking about. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know. We're so sure. Right. So the really in infinite relating, there's no breakups, or it's just like you know it ebbs and flows. Yeah, why are you guys like, having a hard time in your relationship? Totally. But we're so like easy. dying. We're falling you know? apart totally. every week, every yeah. week. Like some of these mornings too, we come to record and we look at, can we do this? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so tender. Okay, but we're gonna do it. We're great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. So I feel that too with this topic because like it's so personal. Yeah. So vulnerable. And when it happens, you know, it can be just, like, vi- my whole body's, like, vibrating with fear. And I'm just like, ah! And I, I, I know that I am more connected to my desire and to my compass and what I want because of the completely supportive, non-judgmental girl friendships that I've had. Uh, yeah. To be able, like, real. I know I can, like, bring anything to you. We, like, we've done this. This is TMI. Like, we haven't found it yet. We haven't yeah. found the TMI. No. Yeah, so I that has been part of the process. Like this is this is a process. Yeah. And being able to share those, uh, yeah, with the, with friendships where the stakes are not as high, and just be able, like be excited, like oh my god, this is my desire and it's coming up, and I'm I'm try, trying not to run away from it yeah. or, or feel scary or right. whatever. Right. Like oh, can I do this? Right. Okay, I can do right. this. Right. Can I admit this? Can I? Yeah. yeah. Can I say this? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. 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 And my hope is that you know, we'll see, um, 
but so far, so far, I think, you know, Max and I have had several, you know, we, we've always been close and we were still like together in finger quotes, but <laughs> you know, we, we go in, we cycle in and I out mean, the whole, different... the whole week. So, know. Who knows? So, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> um, yeah, but I do, my hope is that, and I do derive comfort from this thought, at least, even though it's sort of abstract right now, that um, when the when a relationship, if a relationship were to shift, that I would be like a devotee of desire enough mm. to trust that if through the process of us both continually orienting towards our highest desires, what we want, what feels satisfying, what's alive for us, if that naturally took us apart, that that would be something I would accept, you know, and that yeah. I could accept it easier because like we were talking about at the beginning, I really don't want my partner to be with me if they don't want to be. Right. And that was a big revelation for me, actually, after one of my many relationships, I made a list, a friend of mine helped me through this actually cool process of, that was less cheesy than it might sound, <laughs> of like, who's your ideal partner, you know, right. but it was this whole process that was cool. And one of the things that was on my short list of like 10 items maybe is wants to be with me. Right. And it seemed like the most basic thing that you're right. like, how could you? But that's how the but relationship I mean, starts, but it's not necessarily yeah, how it continues. I've totally been with people that don't want to be with me probably for years, you know, <laughs> like, and I didn't want to be with them either, but we didn't. But you were in this relationship right. that seemed, yeah. And, and I, I would venture to guess that at this point, because of the work you're doing and because of your attunement, that you would feel before anybody said, oh, like, hey, I think we want to tra- transition this relationship. Like, you would feel, you would feel that, you wouldn't, you would be able to feel that, like, I'm not feeling the shared desire, not feeling us meeting in the same place. And part of me wants out of this as well, because mm-hmm. it's not feeling resonant. Yeah. Where before, I think there was so much, like, I remember, especially with my marriage, I, I stayed way more than a year too long, maybe yeah. 10 years too long. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I would judge myself for having for that attunement to like Mm. this isn't really actually good anymore I don't think I actually want to be here but I would override it so now it's like if we could feel that like oh you know what something isn't quite feeling like this maybe is shifting I think we we're we're coming to a place where we'd be able to honor it yeah totally yeah that's such a good point and I think that that's you know when we were talking about the dreams talk in like our third second episode whatever it was third I think think um You know, it's like, when do you have the dreams talk? And it's like, as soon as possible. (laughs) As early as possible. As early as possible. And I feel like it's the same with desire. It's like, when do I express my desire? It's like, as early as you can, because it doesn't get any easier. No. And like, once there's this backlog, you know, or when do I have the sweaty conversation? You know, when do I reveal the truth to someone? It's like, as soon as possible. Because, yeah, I think what happens is that there's a backlog of unexpressed desire between partners or whoever. And then it just gets so much harder, you know, mm-hmm. to tell someone I've kind of been wanting something different for a year, right. but I didn't tell you. Right. And you probably knew it because you could feel it in your body. Right. But you just I thought wanted. you were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is what I always do. Um, is just think I'm crazy, you know, like, right. oh, I that's... must be crazy because I'm, you know, he says everything's fine and I can tell it's not. Yeah. You know? And that's, yeah. But I just think that's, that's where I've gotten myself into trouble and maybe why I'm so meticulous about it now is like. I'm not going to let this go. You know, it seems so small. Like, I don't want to be partners anymore. I want to be beloved. Yeah, that was a scary conversation. It was super scary. Yeah, I don't think we acknowledged that. Like, that was scary. Oh, it was super scary It was super scary for you. And then when you shared it, Max was 
shared relief. Yeah, he did. Right? Because you both were feeling something. He said that. He yeah. was like, I thought about this a couple of weeks ago. And he'd even talked to some friends about it. And it wasn't as, I don't think it was as bothersome for him. But he was like, yeah, there's something in my relationship right now that feels a little bit off to me. Yeah. Um, and I do think that's so true. And it's one of those concepts that, you know, I never want to discount that. I think there are authentically times where one person wants something and someone else wants something else. I, I know that that happens. Absolutely. Um, but I do feel like more often than not, once we get past the, you know, either butt hurt or authentically <laughs> devastated, right. you know, experience of someone not wanting what we think we want, how often I experience it being a shared joy. Like, even when right. someone cancels plans or I cancel plans, this is a scary thing for me because I change my mind a lot. And that's part of who I am. And so something will happen and I'll say, oh, you know, I made this plan for tonight, but I, I don't want I don't want it anymore. And yeah. so I can either go out of obligation and kind of gut my way through. But I don't want those kind of friendships even. Very rarely. Right. Sometimes I will, but very rarely. And so I'll, t- I'll call them and say, oh, you know, this happened, this came up. I'm just, you know, my energy is different now and I'd like to reschedule. And that could be so scary to do because we're taught, you know, you stick with your word and like integrity is doing what you said you're going to do, right. which is really just like the masculine form of integrity, but, and which is important, but there's a whole other one, which is like, <laughs> I do what feels right for me because if I don't, I'm like violating myself. You and know? yeah. And I want to I think this is a really important, like last uh, point to make is I, it feels really good and really safe for me to be around people mm-hmm. who are connected to their desire and can speak for what they want and need. To, for me to know that I'm not going to take advantage of you or push yeah. you past what you want. Like, mm. I know you've got you. Yeah. So I don't, have to, I don't have to be on alert to take care of you or to look out for you, what you want need. I know if I ask for, for something or we have plans or whatever and something changes, you are going to be able to tell me and take care of yourself. Yeah. So I can take care of me and you can take care of you. And that feels so mm. safe. Totally. And that is a huge thing I've been noticing in our community. The more and more, like, I, like my system knows when I'm around people who've right. got themselves. Totally. That's it, so real. And it just really disarms. So yeah, if I'm like, if you're like, no, this doesn't feel, I'm like, great. Thank right. you for taking care of yourself. Right. Because otherwise, relax around you. right, because if we were hanging out that night, I'd be like, oh, I think Bez doesn't like me anymore. Like, yep. what are, you know, like, I would feel totally. something. And so I'd be trying to figure it out. And this way it's like, oh, no, this is, yeah, it feels really, and, and to like learn I think the other thing with desire is like to learn to not take it personally. Yeah. Like this isn't about me. You're not rejecting me by changing plans. You are taking care of yourself. Yeah. And to be, to like feel into that sensation and like to stop taking things personally when people are re- are responding to their desire. Yeah. Because it's it's a it's an inward story that desire yeah. and that call to it. Yeah. People aren't aren't doing it to hurt me or to make my life difficult. It's. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I think that, like, makes it a lot easier. If, if there is discomfort, I'm like, oh, no, this isn't about me. This is right. about Bez taking care of Bez or right. about my partner taking care of him and right. himself. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that orientation, like you're saying, towards towards approving of myself and my friends and lovers and beloveds and children's desires, you yeah. know, instead of enforcing what I think they should want or being super offended when they want right. something that I don't want them to want, but they do. Right. Um, yeah, to really be in that space of like, wow, I would way rather have you sort of finger quotes reject me and be the type of person who follows your, what you want and doesn't right. act out of obligation than have you want want me all the time, you know? Yeah. And it does. It creates such a more safe environment. And it's incredible how often, because there is this you, me, us in every connection, 
how often I will, you know, call someone and say, X, Y, Z changed and I, I want to reschedule. And they're like, oh, great. It was, it was already a pinch for me or I was mm, feeling the same thing or, okay, right. that's a relief. I have time to work on this other project now. Like, it's incredible how often, it doesn't happen every time, but I would right. say literally like eight out of 10 times. Wow. The other person is also feeling it too because there's the us between us. Right. So it's not even just myself that I'm tuning into. It's also the us, you yes, know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels... deep sigh yeah that feels really it's a it's a new concept I think that I'm really noticing how good it feels in my body yeah to to yeah to trust other people's taking care of themselves and connecting their desire and to know that they they're gonna uh, they're gonna want me to honor that as well yeah yeah and in that way I feel like desire is like this field where you know I part of my commitment and what I would You'd love to inspire, you know, anyone listening or everyone around to to imagine is that, you know, one of my commitments is towards my own desire and expressing it and knowing it and honoring it, which again doesn't mean I'm gonna act on it per se, but just honoring that breadcrumb and the trail yeah. that will lead me somewhere that orients toward my satisfaction ultimately and my fulfillment. But also being a you know, being a space where desire is welcome from others too. Yes. And just like, you know, that being something that is so valuable to me. Like, I don't just want to follow my own desire and have what I want. I want to create a microcosm world around me of people who feel comfortable oh my telling me what they want and following their desire. And I want to encourage them and I want to be a support, a person of support rather than, you know, someone who want is so it's too afraid is actually you know, yeah, yeah fear and protection yeah I mean like that's I want to be in that world where like the people around me like myself and everyone around me like they are acting from their turn on they are acting from their creative life force like yeah. that like think of how powerful that is when people are really saying like fuck yes to their truth yeah we're doing it <laughs> we're doing it yeah we are ah <laughs> <sighs> Yay. Thank you all so much. Thank yeah. you, Freya. Thank you, listeners. We love you. Yeah, check us out. We've got a website. Mm-hmm. Infinite Relating Love. And we have a Facebook group, Infinite, Infinite Relating Podcast. If you search for it, you can join it. And then we can talk about this episode and you can talk about desire. And we would love to chat with you and yeah. hear your perspective and answer your questions. And we're going to be teaching. We are. Yeah. We're going to be live teaching in person. our first live workshop event at the Harvest Fusion Festival, which is just 45 minutes outside of Nevada City, California. It's a partner dance festival. It's the weekend of October 14th, 15th, 16th. Yeah, yeah we'll be there I teaching. I'd love to meet you. Yeah. Oh, that'll be so fun. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Hang out with us more at infinite relating dot love and stay infinite.